I want to talk for a few minutes from the simple subject, life. Life. On Wednesday, we will move into our Lenten season. From next Sunday through Resurrection Sunday, our messages will be centered on the atoning sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, climaxing in his triumphant resurrection, which secured our salvation. So today, as we prepare for Lent, we want to focus on a passage where Jesus defines his purpose. And in so doing, helps us to know what we should expect from our lives that are surrendered and submitted to him. In this passage, Jesus draws a contrast that was revealing to his hearers and is equally revealing to us. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But I came so they can have real and eternal life, a better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, in order to understand the contrast, for the contrast to make sense to us, we have to know about who the two are that are being contrasted. Typically, when we quote this passage, we isogeted and contend that the thief to which Jesus refers is Satan. But that's not correct. If we exegete the passage, if we read the passage in its context, then we'll see that the thief to which Jesus refers is not Satan, but is false teachers. Those who pretend to know God and what he wants and what he expects, but who don't know him at all. Those pretending to speak on God's behalf, but who in fact are speaking lies and half-truths to achieve their own selfish ends. Read from the start of the chapter. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep rustler. By contrast, the shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
When he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they're not used to the sound of it. In the parable, the sheep rustler is not Satan but is a reference to the false teachers, the pretenders, the pseudo-proclaimers that proliferated Orthodox Judaism in Jesus' time. Specifically, he was referencing the Pharisees, legalists who had usurped God's authority with their own. They had substituted God's standards with their traditions, which they had arrogantly professed to be equal in authority with God's word. Jesus likens them to sheep rustlers, thieves who try to take what belongs to another. And the other to which the sheep belong is Jesus himself. In contrast to the rustlers who try to break in and steal, Jesus declares himself to be the shepherd. And he says some important things about the shepherd. He says that the shepherd is known by the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is God the Father. Jesus is known by the Father because he was sent by the Father. He's known by the Father because he and the Father are one. He would later say to his disciples, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. For I and the Father are one. Jesus says that the gatekeeper opens the pen to him so he may collect his sheep. And the key to understanding this portion of the parable is the phrase, his sheep, who recognize his voice. The implication is that There are other sheep in the pen, as the gatekeeper is the keeper of all the sheep. But Jesus says that the sheep that belong to the good shepherd, the sheep that belong to the true shepherd, will hear his voice and heed his call. They will gather to him, and he will lead them to safe pasture. When I read that, it lifts up a truth that is so important as we move into another Lenten season. And the truth is this. It's not enough to just be a sheep. You need to make sure that you are a part of the good shepherd's flock. 
practically speaking, Jesus is telling us that we need to be sure that we are following him and not being led astray by sheep rustlers. As we said, Jesus was specifically referring to Pharisees as sheep rustlers, but who are the modern day sheep rustlers that we must be on guard against? Those who preach a Jesus that promises them material comfort but demands no accountability are sheep rustlers. Those who preach a Jesus that affirms exploitation of the oppressed and eschews servanthood to those who are in need are sheep rustlers. Those who preach a Jesus who doesn't challenge our selfishness or confront our sinfulness or command our stewardship are sheep rustlers. Sheep rustlers teach health and wealth. Sheep rustlers teach name it and claim it. Sheep rustlers teach fake it until you make it. Sheep rustlers tell you to plant financial seeds instead of practice good stewardship. Sheep rustlers tell you that you're next in line for a miracle instead of reminding you that I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. We've got to be careful about sheep rustlers. Make no mistake about it. Sheep rustler will get some sheep. But Jesus warns the sheep not to get seduced by the sheep rustler's enticements. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But in contrast to the false shepherds, in contrast to the sheep rustlers, Jesus says this about himself and his purpose. I came that you can have real and eternal life. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. What is real? Real suggests complete. Real suggests Perfect. Real is being at the highest or greatest degree. Real is at the maximum. So when Jesus uses this word in reference to our lives, it means a life that is whole, a life that's not lacking in anything essential. It means a superior life. It means having an abundance of quality and contentment. The good news is that not only did Jesus come to save us, but he also came to give us real life. I'm convinced, my brothers and sisters, that the reason why so many of us are not living real lives is because we don't know what real life is. We've fallen for the fake message of the sheep rustlers. But Jesus is telling us that through him, God desires that we have real life. 
life that is full of happiness and peace and a genuine friendship with God. First, consider that real life is a life filled with things that are good for us. People who enjoy real life possess the fruit of the Spirit. Love, supported by joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and compassion and purity and humility and modesty and faith and character and wisdom and enthusiasm and dignity and optimism and confidence and honesty and a real relationship with God. In other words, the real life is full of stuff that money can't buy. I don't care how much money you got. Money can't buy your patience. Money can't buy your self-control. And money can't buy your salvation. Stores don't sell wisdom. Stores don't sell hope. But you can possess all these things because they come from Jesus. And when you're in Jesus, he will give you a life that's filled with things that are good for you. And then right on the heels of the first point, let me hasten to add that the real life is free from stuff that's bad for you. Everyone who lives the real life avoids negative stuff, selfishness, Hatred, lust, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, fear, drunkenness, and there's more than one way to be drunk. Discord, fits of rage, dishonesty, greed, gossip, slander, pessimism, and despair. All of this negative stuff doesn't come from the true shepherd. It comes from listening to the sheep rustle. When we remove all of this negative stuff from our lives, when we come to Jesus, he washes us, he sanctifies us, he justifies us in his Holy Spirit. That leads to my third point, and that is the real life is found in Jesus and in nobody else. Real life doesn't come from an accumulation of stuff. The shepherd says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also doesn't come from living a life free of conflict. I know that's what we all want, but but James says, consider it pure joy when we are faced with trials and tribulations because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that we might be mature and complete and not lacking anything. No, the real life is only found in one thing. And that's when we learn to follow the good shepherd. Anyone who's without Jesus 
is dead already. Paul says, God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ, even though we are dead. If we are in Christ, real life awaits us. I've come that you might have it, and that you might have it to the full. And that leads to my final point. Jesus is inviting us to experience real life. Stop listening to sheep rustlers. Stop listening to slick back folk who got you dropping money at the altar. Stop listening to folk who promise stuff that can't be delivered and God never said in the first place. Hear the word of the Lord. God loved you so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's real life. Come to me all that are weak and are heavily burdened and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's real life. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things will be given to you as well. That's real life. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you for everyone who asks receives and to him who seeks he'll find and to him who knocks the door will be open. That's real life. In this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. That's real life. Stop listening to sheep rustlers. Some of y'all gonna leave here and go to a sheep rustler. You need to hear the word of the Lord. Whosoever will, let him come and drink freely from the fountain of life. Real life begins with saying yes to Jesus and no to everything else. Yes, Lord, to your will. Yes, Lord, to your way. Yes, Lord, even when trials come. Yes, Lord, even in the face of tribulation. Yes, Lord, even in the face of failure. Yes, Lord, even in the face of setback. Yes, Lord, I will trust you. And obey. Choir's going to sing a hymn. Deacons are coming across the minute.